0: To End the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. 1 Samuel chapter 3 says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark was. And while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, "'I did not call you. Lie down again.' And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli, and he said, "'Here I am, for you called me.' He answered, "'I did not call my son. Lie down.' Now Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called to Samuel the, again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, "'Here I am, for you did, you did call me.' Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy." Therefore, the Eli said to Samuel go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say speak Lord for your servant hears so Samuel went and lay down in his place and now the Lord came and stood and called out as called as at the other times Samuel Samuel and Samuel answered speak for your servant hears and so here we have <coughs> and some of you guys have read this area of scriptures one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, kind of plain, you think, until you start getting into... I got into the, it last night and there was so much more that I could have just sat there and continued with all the different alliterations that are going on here as far as Eli and his eyes getting dim. and, by, and I mean, there's just so much that we could have got into not this morning because I didn't want to get down a rabbit chair. <laughs> so, go do that on your own as far as that side of it. But the background of where we're at here, you see Samuel, a little boy, that's in the tabernacle and you're like, why is he ministering in the tabernacle? Well, the first two chapters of this explain how... Samuel became Samuel. Okay, so we kind of know the story. You guys know who Hannah is. Well, Hannah was married and she was barren. She didn't have any children. She wasn't able to. And so there was an his her husband had another wife. Again, I don't understand that part, but he had two. And so she is having no problems having babies. So there's a lot of bickering going on in the house. Okay, so Hannah comes to the, before the Lord at the tabernacle. She is just crying out to God, "Please, Lord, please, 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 give me a son. Give me a, if you give me a son." You know, I will I will give him to you. Okay, and it's kind of weird at that time. Is that it? It wasn't. It's it's different for her to give Samuel because at that time, if it was this first firstborn son, she would have already dedicated him unto the, the temple already. Okay, because it was the firstborn. It was the Lord's. But she actually says, "I'm going to give him to you, God. God, if you give me a son, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him." to you he's'm gonna give him right back to you I just so desperately want a son I want to get rid of this bickering over here from this lady in my house I just I and I, I'm, I'm an outcast because in that time if you weren't able to have kids as a woman I mean it was really you know what what good are you at that point you know and so she's looking down upon herself and her husband just loves her he gives her double portions I mean he is just pouring into her just loving on her but she's still looking at everything else and just feels incomplete because I don't have that son. I don't have that person that I've been able to do this with. And so Eli sees her, the, the priest here that we read in our story in chapter 3, he sees her and he thinks that she's drunk. He's like, oh my goodness, woman, get out of here, stop drinking. You know, he's giving her a hard time about that, which we all do in the ministry. We just look at somebody and immediately assume that we know what's going on. And meanwhile, she's sitting there crying out to the Lord, crying and, please and pleading to God, doing what she should be doing. So she tells him the story. Look, I'm not drunk. You know, I'm crying out to God. And so he looks at her and says, "Hey, look, you know what? God's going to answer your prayer. God's going to answer your request. Don't worry about it." And sure enough, she goes home shortly after that. Something happens, and she's she's pregnant. And so at that point, then she knows that she has a child. She has she borns born Samuel. And now Samuel is here. And after a short amount of time of weaning, she now dedicates him back to God, and she actually brings him to the temple. And she brings him and drops him off there. And that's where Samuel's at. It's kind of weird to think that, you know, that we'd have some little kid running around here doing whatever, you know, Pastor Don or I needed. Like, hey, dude, go get me some coffee. And you know, Samuel runs over there with a little ephod. It'd be kind of nice, actually. Um, you know, as I was thinking about it, I was like, how can I get Josh? Maybe I'll get Josh to, you know, Jonathan's too tall. He pushes back too much. So, but, so here we go. we got Samuel. And so she, she drops him off to the temple, in the tabernacle. And so now that's where he's at. Well, you think, well, that would be the end of the story for two chapters, but it's not. Because, see, there's a problem within the house of God that not everybody else knows what's going on. So as we sit there and we look at it, we go, well, why would God have to put this little boy in that, that place? And, and so as we, we look on, move on, well, Eli's boys here, well, Eli's boys, he's got two of them, and they're a hot mess. I mean, they are just, there is just so many problems with this, um, this family and this household that we're, who's beeping? Is that the end of is that you <coughs> you're fine I can't do two things at one time so so they're a hot mess so they're just sitting there and they are just I mean these these are just boys gone wrong okay whatever show that you want to make that out as um, that's what these boys are doing okay they're stealing from the Lord they're stealing the meat from the Lord from the, from the, from the, from the, the sacrifices they're sleeping with the women at the front as far as the prostitutes and not. And they're, you're getting to the point where the people, the people are abhorring the offering of the Lord. And so you've got a point where you've got Eli sitting here, and he's got his two boys doing the Lord's work outside and, and doing the things that they're supposed to be doing right. They're not. They're stealing from God. They're stealing from the people. They're abusing their powers as far as that. And so it gets to a point where you look at it, and, and God's looking at it going, Eli, what is wrong with your house? So Eli, being the soft guy that he is, he just kind of wishy-washy talks to his boys. You know, he goes out, you know, guys, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's just wrong. You know, you should. You know, he's just not being a strong man of God that he needs to be at. And sometimes as parents, I get that. You're tired of being the bad guy. You know, I'm like, I don't want to be the bad guy again. You know, just can you just do it right the first time so I don't have to keep having this conversation? I get that part of it. But when it's as important as this, as it was important as raising your children up to know the Lord and, and to know that they are grown men making these decisions that they didn't even know the Lord. The Bible says they didn't even know the Lord. So here you got men doing the Lord's work that didn't even know the Lord. Well, how does that happen with Eli? How are you the chief priest and you haven't even raised up your kids to know who God is? And then you've placed them in a position of power to do that. Where now the people abhor coming to God. I don't want to go to God. Why? Because you know what? I'm going to go to God and these two guys are just going to rip me off and they're going to steal from me and they're going to take our women. They're going to do something. It's just, it's, I don't even want to go. I do not want, God, I don't even want nothing to do with you. I just want nothing. So God still looks at us and he goes, I, I can't handle this anymore. I, I just can't do this. So he actually sends somebody, come along and go talk to Eli and says, Eli, look, man, I'm Judgment's coming. You tried to talk to them. They didn't work. Guess what? It's over. You know, I, it, your, your family is going to be cut off here soon. And you think that's, that's a rough thing to hear, but, but God can't continue to have that. And God loves his people more than he loves the person at the pulpit. You see, if I was up here and and my children are out there and they're actually at the British pub down there, you know, while we're in here and they're doing what they're supposed not supposed to be doing down there and and, you know, and I'm up here, you know, just going crazy and I'm eating pondabonos, you know, while we're trying to do the the message here and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you guys would look at me and go, What is the deal with I don't if that's if that's Christianity man, I, I want nothing to do with it. I'm, 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 I don't want nothing to do with God if that's the representation of it. If that's God's people and they're doing that, then I can go get that in the world. I don't need anything to do with it. Well, so that's the background of where we're at. So now we have moved into that. You get the reason of why we have now put Samuel, this little boy, inside this important place because all of this stuff was going on. And so as we first start off, it says, Now the boy ministered to the Lord. And now the boy, he ministered. What ministered here is just, is just to wait upon. It's just waiting upon. Not waiting upon like, oh, God, you're going to do something. It's waiting like he's just physically doing work. And again, they're just age-appropriate jobs that he's doing, but it's something that, that just needed to be done. And so, it, and unfortunately, we have just talked about Eli's sons and that this is this is not the norm as far as in the temple. And so as we look at this, we look at Samuel and go, well... What kind of task was he doing? What, what is going on? The part it, it doesn't matter the task. It doesn't matter in, in this church if you were to come in here and you're just to sweep up some dirt. It doesn't matter. that That's just as important as being able to come up here and to be able to expound upon a, a verse. Because see, it's all it has to do with the heart. The conviction of me last night was, man, I, I love to do this. I, I mean, I, I love to do this. Is, I do this every single day. I would love to do this. But it's the work, you know, I mean, it's the work when you're like, I could go do something else right now with my kids, you know, and that's just the flesh. But you have to put in the work to do, to be able to get out of it what you love to do. I'd love to have a great body. I don't want to do the work. You get what I'm saying? I don't want to go to the YMCA and lift weights. I just want the body. Is there a pill for that? You know, can I just take the pill and be buff or do, oh, I have to work? Then then that's not going to happen. Why? I don't have time for it right now. Okay, so as we look at it, it's the heart behind it. So as we look at this, this little boy, he comes in there. All he knows is, I'm here to minister to God. I'm here to do what God, Eli, Samuel, I need you to do this. Yes, sir. And he runs over there and he takes care of it. Because again, as we've learned, or we will learn, that as when um, Samuel goes to call David to be the king, he looks at all these men and God says what to him? He says, Ah, God doesn't look on the outside. God looks at the heart. Right now he's looking at Samuel and he sees a little boy that has got a heart. A little boy that has got, that the people around him know that there's something different about him. There's something different about this little kid that he just, he just does it. He just, and he works hard. He does what he's asked to do. Wow, that's that's a testimony right now, especially where we're at right now in the temple. I mean, there's not many people doing what this kid's doing. And he's just a little boy and he's doing it. Why? Because he has the heart. We went away this weekend for the 6th grade class, the heart. I was telling you guys about that a little bit. And what a blessing just to be around these kids, little 6th graders, little 6th graders, and just just getting out there doing stuff. You bring them back to the house, they're going to be complaining to do this. But, but sitting there, and they're cleaning the kitchen, they're cleaning dishes, they're sweeping, they're out cleaning the bathrooms, they're out feeding the, the animals, getting dirty, eating little tilapia this big, I mean, just sucking up disgusting water and mold and just it was just gross i wasn't going in there but these little kids were just like yeah i'll do it they're jumping in there looking hard he's got a great heart and a great attitude and you look at that and you're like that's the heart of what he's talking about so when they're coming in there and they're saying now the boy samuel ministered to the lord who better to minister to i mean how sweet would that be I mean, it's one thing to be able to, to die for your family and to love on your family and, and to pour into them and do things for them. But imagine just sitting there and going, God, I just, I just love you. What, what can I do? How can I bless you today, God? How can I minister back to you? I, I, I'm tired. I'm, I'm down here and I'm this, this, this flesh suit. But God, what can I do for you today? And it's just a heart attitude. It's a hard attitude as you're walking through your day of, of, of just turning it so that it's not about me anymore. As I look around and see the different opportunities in this world, be able to sit there and just bless other people. And God, that was for you. It wasn't for me. Oh, Kevin, you didn't. No, 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 no. It wasn't. No, man, praise God. Praise the Lord that he gave me the ability to do that. That's when you minister back to the Lord. It doesn't have to happen within these, I'm going to say four walls, but there's lots of walls here. But these many walls within this building that's the heart of ministering back to the Lord. The Lord is the people. and God just wants us to go back and give back. Go back and bless other people. This says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. And so this is an important statement as we continue to go through this, is that the Word of the Lord was rare in those days. I mean, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't known. See, coming out of the book of Judges, which John's read like 20 times in the last month, coming out of the book of Judges, you know, what was the book of Judges about? It's just, it's Judges, but it should be called the book of Judging. You know I mean? God just continued to come in. The people would do something great. They'd repent. Then they'd fall away. And the Lord would come in and judge and then they would repent, and then they'd fall away, and then the Lord would come in and judge. The only, only acknowledgement, the only kind of interaction they had with God during that time was the Lord judging them and then kind of moving them forward to come back to the point of repentance. So that's, that's where we're coming out of, is the, out of the book of Judges. And so as we move into the first Samuel, there was only two other times in the book of Judges where there was actually a, somebody that was speaking for the Lord. There was only two other times. So I mean that's 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 the I mean when they say it was rare it was rare that the Lord spoke. Again we're blessed these days because we have we have a Bible that we sit here and we can just I mean I can open this thing up any time and this is the Word of God and I can speak and I can read it and it can just cut to the marrow and it can just it can just do things inside of me that I don't have to worry about listening to anybody else. I can pick up the Bible and bam the Lord gives me a verse and sometimes it's to pick me up. You know, it's to pick me up out of whatever thing that I'm in. Other times it's to convict. It's saying, Kevin, you're doing this wrong and you need to turn from your ways. Sometimes it's a verse that, man, I, I got to give that verse to this person. And you run over there right then. And it's a word of the Lord for that person that you just read out of your own Bible because it's active. This is the word of God that we just sit there and we don't, we don't consider it as that. But this is as valuable as anything that, that he would have said at this moment to Samuel. This is it. This is what we hold in our hands. The other thing that we have right now, too, that that they didn't have then, is that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within us. Okay, cause, so let me get this right. So back then, we look at them at times and go, how bad were they? Well, they never had the word of God. I mean, they didn't have, the, the, the Lord didn't speak to them. It was very rare at the time. Here we are today, we've got the, we've got the, the Bible. I was going to say the Holy Spirit because this is the Holy Bible. We've got the, the Bible here. We've got the Holy Spirit within us. And still yet, we still have a hard time following what God has asked us to do. But God has given both of them to us and says, look, I want you to walk. I want you to live your life. Jesus made a promise in John fourteen sixteen through 18. You don't have to turn there. You can correct, Just write it down. John 14, it says, And I will pray, Jesus speaking, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus says, Look, I'm, I'm giving you a, a helper. I'm giving you because... I've been here. I've walked in this flesh suit for 33 years. I know it's difficult. I know that there are times where you've got struggles. And I know that there's, I have lost people that I have loved. And I understand the anguish that you guys go through. And I says I'm going to give you a helper. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you down here. I'm going to give you a helper. And then one day I'm going to come back and take you home. He says, I understand how hard it is. So when the word of God is rare at that time, today we are unbelievably blessed Christians. To sit here and go, I can read my Bible every single day. I can sit here and I can cry out as we did earlier in prayer and just say, Lord, please, I know that you are there. And I ask you to please help me. And I ask you to please listen to me. Listen to my prayers as I just put them at your feet. And I, I have just nothing without you, God. And I lay down and I ask you to please help me. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. And we have this advantage that, that we're not relying on, on the priests or, or the people around us. It doesn't matter what the people in our land are doing as far as how you feel the country is going. It doesn't matter. It's not an excuse for us to live a certain way because, all well, the people around us, that's just how we live today. No, it's not. We're a holy people. We've been separated from that. We are separate from the rest of the world of how they live. But you have to purpose to be separate. You have to be able to be willing to say, hey, I'm going to live here while everybody else, everybody else is living this way. I have, to, I have to make a choice to be holy and pure. And that's my choice. I can't control your choice. That's on you. That's not on me. You have to be able to sit there in your prayer time and your time with the Lord and say, today I'm either going to make a decision to be right or wrong. This little kid playing football yesterday, he stepped out of bounds. All the parents are like, "No, it's a touchdown. It doesn't need to." He went over to the ref. Now I stepped out. So this little kid who's twelve has more integrity than all the parents that were sitting on the sideline. Okay, twelve-year-old living his life out, saying, "No, I'm not gonna. No, it's not worth a touchdown." Referee said, "Did you step out?" Yeah, I stepped out. I, I did. Mommy and daddy weren't saying that. I can honestly say as we've been trying to read through the word of God in a year, that the more consistent that I am in my word every single day, the more consistent I am with my walk with God. The more consistent there's a, there's a word for me that day. Or there's a story. Or hey, do you have a devotion? Yeah, I've got a devotion. Why? Because I read my word this morning. Or I read it yesterday and I'm still kind of mulling on it. Still kind of chewing on it because it just affected me in some way. But you have to purpose to be in it because it's not rare today. The Word of God is not rare today. That was in Samuel's time. <laughs> Verse 2 it says And it came to pass at that time that while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark was. And while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered him, here I am." So he ran to Eli, and he said, "Here I am, for you called me." And he said, I, "I did not call you. Lie down again." And he went in and lay down. Then the Lord yelled it, called out to Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, "Here I am, for you called me." And he answered, "I did not call you, my son. Lie down again." And Samuel was not did not yet know the Lord, and was nor was the Lord of of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called out to Samuel again a third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did, you did call me. And Eli perceived that it was the Lord and called the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went down and lay in his place. A couple things here but before we get to move into the next part. It says in um Now, these have nothing to do with the study. I just thought they were really cool. So the first thing is God's voice, God's voice was not scary. Did you guys pick up on that? I mean, it wasn't a point where it was like, you know, in the movies or things like that, sometimes we we feel like, oh, God's voice, Kevin, you know, and what are you doing? I mean, you just think that that's how God's going to speak to you. But this little boy, it was such a sweet voice that the person that he knew probably the best out of anybody in the world, that's where he ran to. That's the voice that the Lord has. It wasn't a, wasn't a condemning voice. It wasn't a mean voice. It wasn't a scary voice in the middle of the night. It was just a sweet voice. And so, gosh, man, that had to be Eli. And he just got up and he ran into the other room. Eli, did you call me? Did you need something? And Eli, you know, it wasn't me. Go lay down, kid. You're waking me up. The second thing is that Eli perceives, Eli perceives it as the Lord. And why is this important? Well, this has got to be kind of gut-wrenching, don't you think, for Eli? I mean, he, he perceives now that this little boy has just heard from the Lord. And so at this moment, he's got to be thinking, well, God's already come and told me he didn't speak to me. He sent somebody to talk to me and said, hey, you know, your house is going to get judged here soon. And now this, God's actually speaking to my little helper here. I mean, so at some moment you've got to be looking at this and going, wow, you know, that means the Lord has moved on from me and, and he's, he's, he's chosen somebody else at this time. I mean, that's got to be kind of sad. I mean, wherever that you're at, I mean, maybe you've been at a job or something like that and maybe you've been the boss or, or you haven't been and somebody is below you has been called into the boss's office and you're like, well, well why did that person get to go in there? That, that was supposed to be me this time. And God said, no, I I don't need to speak to you, Eli. And so Eli, Eli realizes that and, okay, well, I guess, all right, Samuel, you know, get ready. Which leads us into the next thing that Eli perceives this is happening, but Eli doesn't get jealous. Eli doesn't look at it, Samuel, and go, "Oh, don't worry about that." Hey, you know what? Before you go to sleep, why don't you go ahead and go outside and take care of the latrine and take. Care? He doesn't. He doesn't try to to hide Samuel from talking to the Lord. He doesn't get jealous and say, "Oh no, Samuel, why don't you sit right here next to me, you know, and make sure that my lamp, my lamp doesn't go out, make sure take care of some duties for me, get me some water." He doesn't do any of that kind of stuff at all. He realizes what's going to happen, and being humble, he said, um, "You know what, Samuel? I I think it's." I think it's the Lord. I think God's calling you. He's, he wants, And this is what you need to do. When, when, when he calls you again, this is what you need to say. You need to sit up and say, Lord, I, I hear you. Your servant listens, is ready. You know. He, he doesn't hide him from him. He, he knows judgment's coming. He knows that the, 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 the mantle is about to be passed from him to Samuel, but yet he doesn't cover it because he doesn't allow jealousy to get in there. He has many faults, and maybe it was just his laziness too. Maybe it was because you see laziness within his own his apathy towards his kids, the apathy probably towards the ministry at this point there 's just a lot of apathy that 's happening here that there 's no excitement there 's no, there's no zeal for the lord there 's no nothing, and so maybe Eli 's just looking at and he 's not humble, you know maybe we 're making it nicer than what it should be maybe it 's just the fact that he 's i 'm just done with it you know i 'm just kind of tired of doing this whole thing all the time. My kids are just useless and, you know, and I'm tired of hearing it about them. I'm tired of hearing the stories. I'm just ready to move on. You know, Sam, get ready. If he comes in there, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to, you need to, we need to do something else here. I don't want to do this anymore. And so Samuel just takes it and says, okay. You know, he's just a little kid. He's just excited. I mean, do you remember those times when you first just got saved and it was like, Oh, there's gonna be a prayer meeting? Where? What time? Oh man, dude, I'll be there. You know, are you serious? Oh, we gonna sing worship songs? Oh. Really? We're gonna sing worship songs? We're just gonna pray? I'm, I'm totally there. Oh, there's a Bible study the next night? I'll, I'll be there for that too. What else? What's the next night? I mean, you were just like, on zeal for God. You're just like, what What else can I do to possibly pour more God and Jesus within my life? And you were just ready to go and at any time you're ready to do anything. And then after a few years or maybe a few months or maybe a few decades, all of a sudden it's just like, whew, prayer, man. I, I, Yeah, no, I'm going to let one of the new guys, new believers do that. I'm going to, I'm going to stay at home a little tired tonight. You know, I I can't, you know, do that. Or fast? No, I, you see, I got this thing with, I have to have coffee in the morning and I just, I can't really, I can't do the fast thing, you know. I'll let one of the new guys do it. You know, I remember that when I was, when I used to be like that too. I remember those days, you know, when it was, when I was a new believer too and I was all excited about doing all that stuff for Christ. But, um, but now I've kind of sit into my role. You know, I have a role now that I do. And, uh, you know, I'm a pastor, and so we kind of let some of the other people do that stuff, you know, kind of get them excited about it, you know, juiced up. Well, that's Eli. He's like, nah, I, I'm just done. I'm done. And how sad that is that there's still a life to be led. There's still a life to be led. There's still work to be done. There's still ministry to be done. I think it was Billy Graham that said, you know, people asking him decades ago, um, when are you going to retire? I think his words were, you know, I don't see retirement in the Bible. I just think sometimes we just turn the light off because society says this is the time to be done. And, and it's not. You know, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us find ways to do something for the Lord. I tell the kids half the time when they leave, I go, do, go do something funky for Jesus today. You know, at school, you know, I mean, just go do something. Do something crazy. Do something off the wall for whatever the Lord would ask you to do today go do it get done with- you know high school. why go to college immediately maybe maybe the Lord's college is on a mission field for a year. go do something crazy go do something just off the wall for whatever the Lord wants you to do. maybe you're forty something in here fifty something i would I was hurt yesterday we're at um <laughs> I need prayer i was we're at we're at the herd. Her cousin's getting married. They had an engagement party yesterday in Brandon because there was nothing else to do for this weekend, and so because we've done nothing for the last week, you know, like yeah, let's throw in a party too. So yeah, let's go. I don't have to study, you know. So we go up there, sort of like, hey, let's go play wiffle ball outside. So first, I hear them say, "Everybody under thirty, come outside. We're going to play wiffle ball." And I was like, "All right." It's hot. I'll stay inside with the air conditioning. Fine. You know, I'm, I'm good with that. So then I get, they they don't have enough people. Why? Because all the thirty-somethings didn't go outside, right? So they're all like inside sucking up the AC, looking at their phones. So I'm like, whatever. So now I get voluntold, hey, come outside. You've been, you go outside. To, we're going to play. I go outside. Now, growing up, when we've ever played a game that had anything to do with athletics, I was within the first couple people picked. Just growing up. Not boasting. Okay. I'm just... Laying the facts out, okay? That's, that was my life, okay? It was a reading competition. I wouldn't have been picked. I get that. That's fine, okay? Athletics, I was picked. Didn't matter. I didn't play soccer. I still would have been one of the first ones picked, okay? That's just the way it was. So we're like on the fourth round, and I haven't been picked yet. And I'm like, I'm like excuse me? This is wiffle ball, okay? So finally he picks me, and I'm thinking... First of all, after the draft, I'm like, you just got the steal of the draft. is what I'm thinking inside. You just got the steal. Okay. I held my own, by the way. I was one of the better players. But I was like, I can't. I have really got to that point in my life where I'm looked at as old, is what I'm guessing. Is that they were looking at me as old, I'm like, I'm one of the best players still out of here. What are you talking about, you know? So what does that have to do with I don't know. I said I wasn't going to go to a rabbit trail, but where were we? So um, that had something to do with that. Eli, still living, that you could be 40-something, 50-something. See, it's getting in there. Okay, has drawback. It's old, so I can't remember. So it was 40-something, 50-something, but it's a point. You look at that and you go, well, Kevin, I'm not a college-age person. I just can't go on a missions trip for a year. Well, why can't you? Why can't you just go do something for God? Why can't you go online? It doesn't have to be, well, the church isn't going right now. Technically, the church is going. I, Jonathan and I are going to the DR this summer. OK, next summer, if you're like, I want to go next summer, Ash and I are going to go to the DR. So start praying about it, start saving, getting ideas to, get to go to. Let's go. Go with us. We'd love to have you. Or go do something on your own. You know, Jesus doesn't just work through this church here. If somebody is already doing something somewhere else, you can tag along with it. This is a parachurch organization that we're working with. And there's many different churches that come in law. So if you had something that's on your heart, something that you have a desire for, I would rather you, listen, I, I'm sorry, Don, I would rather you team up with that organization and go do it and serve Jesus than sit around in your house waiting for something else to happen. Waiting to be like Eli sitting there going, oh, man, I remember when the Lord was working in my life. No, the Lord is working in your life. Get up and do something. Pray about it and go do something for Jesus. Don't be sitting here like Eli and allowing the house and everything in your life crumble down to a point where you feel like, oh, it's just over and I'm handing it over to Samuel now and allowing him to go out the door. No, don't do that. I'm telling you guys now, you are that person. Go get excited, go get filled with the Spirit and head out and go do the work whatever that he's called you to do. But be back here next Sunday. But I mean, it's the point of, you know, <laughs> at least for dawn service, you know, but I mean, don't, don't lose the church in one week. But, but go out there and go do the work of what Christ has called you to do. If God has put something on your heart and there's a burden and you start praying about it and you start laying things out for the Lord. I met a gentleman, I was going to say this for another time. I met the greatest testimony I have ever heard in my entire life this week. The greatest. This is the reason I went to heart for no other reason, if I'd have gone to heart to hear this testimony, done. Next Pureflix movie. I'm thinking about emailing them saying this needs to be your next Pureflix movie. If not, then I'm going to give it to the other one in, in Georgia. But one of the two of you needs to do this. <laughs> Pureflix is a better job. Sorry. So anyway, so I met this guy. And we're we're sitting there and we're sitting at these big benches that are in the, the where we eat. And this guy sitting across from me. There's students that that are there from other colleges. There's students there from that college from Warner. Um there are interns that are there and there are people that work there that they're just there all the time, okay? So here we are, we're sitting at this bench and a black guy across from me, he's from Uganda. I'm like, "Really? From Uganda? That's cool." Because yeah, my name is Timothy and um, I'm here from Uganda. And i go, Well, "Man, what's what what is your story? What is your life?" Cuz that's what you know, I'd like to talk to all the different people what brought them there, all that kind of stuff. He says, "Well, I've been in the states for a couple years now." He said, "Um I was actually in Uganda, at an orphanage there and somebody paid for my, my schooling to come to America and that's how I ended up at CBI or CIB or whatever it is that they were at. And, um, and that's part of the requirements is for us to come down here for a semester. I'm like, really? I'm like, that's pretty cool. How did you end up? He said, well, it's really started before that. I go, well, what's your story? He said, well, actually there was a girl that was there from American and she was a friend of mine and she left. And, um, and I knew that I was going to marry her. I'm like, really? You knew you were going to marry her? He said, yeah. He said, so I prayed for it. I'm like, you prayed? He goes, yeah. I prayed for three years that that I knew that the Lord, that she was my wife. And at, I stopped right there. I'm like, I've never prayed for anything for three years, nonstop, you know? And here's this guy in front of me. He prayed for this woman. Now I'm like, now I'm really hoping he got her at this point, right? I'm like, for three years you prayed? He said, yes. He goes, and it ended up there was the, the, the person over seeing the orphanage came to me and said, Hey, somebody wants to pay for your tuition to go to America. And he's like, oh, That's incredible. He goes, So I went there and um, ended up being her parents that were paying for it for me to come over there. So then, back in my mind, I'm like, All right, let's see how this is going. It's not really that, it's not a God story now, you know. I mean, she talked to her mom and dad. They brought him over. Boom, married. We were on, right? That's what I'm thinking. So I'm like, Oh, that's pretty That's pretty cool. He said, Yeah. So, um, so we ended up there and then. You know, um, so then you know I got I didn't I found out later that it was them and um, that's how I got it. So I'm like that's pretty cool. Well then later on, there's this girl walking around a little girl girl about this tall. I think she's about this tall, and she's pregnant. So they're talking and I see those two talking quite a bit here and there and I'm like something's going on here. I think, Is that her his wife? Is what I'm wondering. And so they were talking about it. she was like six months pregnant seven months pregnant. So I slide down the bench, you know, being all coin i was like, are you Timothy's wife? She's like yes. I was like he told me the story and she goes, well, here, let me tell you the rest of the story. So so now this is the God part of it. Some of you guys are going to cry. So you're sitting there. So she's, because I would have. So it's an awesome story. This is pure. You're going to be, you're, all of us are going to write a pure flicks after this. Okay. So we're sitting there and I wasn't going to do this. So we'll semi hurry up. So we're we're sitting there, and so she says, starts telling me the story, and so the other girls leave because they're like, oh, gosh, I've heard this. So she starts talking. She goes, yeah. She goes, I, I was over in Uganda, and, um, and, and I met Timothy, and we're just friends and really close friends and all. And, um, and then my time was up, and I, I came back to the States, and she said it was, it was hard. She goes, so I came back to the States, and she said, I just was praying, and I wrote in my prayer journal that, you know what, that I guess I'll just be single the rest of my life because I'll never meet anybody with the integrity of Timothy, you know, that, um, that it just, and that's fine, I'll just be single. Now she wasn't looking at him in a romantic way. Just as friends, she knew that this young man, probably 17 maybe at the time, something like that, had such integrity that she would never find that here in the States. And then she's going to be single and that's fine. And I was like, wow, really? She said, yeah. She goes, so I go to college and then she goes, my, my parents have a heart for Uganda anyways and so they're thinking about you know, adopting kids, you know, and she's like, and we're all on the other end, you know, as far as the children. So, so once they get over, they just start realizing, what are we doing? We can't really start all over again. You know, we've got kids in college, and then we're going to bring in little babies and stuff like that. And then that's when the guy in charge said, hey, we've got these two boys that, you know, need somebody to sponsor them to go to the States to go to college. Would you be willing to do that? And they're like, that's perfect. That's exactly what we would love to do. So they bring these two boys. They don't know the boys, they don't really know anything else that's going on. So, yeah. So they bring Timothy and this other guy over. They stay in their house. Like I said, so her house, she's not there right now. She's at college. He's living in her house, right? She He's spending time with the parents. He's getting to know the parents. She goes, they have their own relationship, a friendship. My dad's mentoring him, taking him to get a bank account, driver's license, just teaching him life skills and, and really pouring into him. She goes, now, it's just amazing. She goes, now, we live in a... A very small town in Georgia, where black people typically aren't, you know, liked upon a lot, whole lot. She goes, and there's still a lot of racism in that area. So she goes, my dad just takes him in, and is just loving on him, and so then I, you know, we, our friendship starts blooming again between the two of us. And as I get ready to leave one time, he says, "I have to let you know that I love you, and that that I'm I'm going to marry you someday." And um, and so she looks at it and she realizes that that this is the man that that god has for me too that this has been it all along now again the the pushback though is because of the small town so they're they're on board they're going to get married that's what they decide on that moment right so their dad then steps in the picture she goes and we had great conversations with them we sat down and my dad was like hey look you know growing up in this town these are the things that you're going to hear are you going to be okay when when you guys have children that they're going to say this to your children are you okay with that and timothy was like yes are you okay when they're going to say this to your wife now because she's done this? Yes, I'll be okay with that. Because they had to have, make sure that they understood really the reality that it's not just a, hey, we're getting married over here, but it's the fact that this is the real life. And so their dad, she said, we have a great relationship with my parents. She says, my sisters are on board. The, the town is starting to turn around a little bit because my, her dad has an opportunity to witness. But for three years, he knew that that was the woman that he was going to marry, and he prayed diligently for that to happen. And so, the, again, the convicting part to me was as I looked upon that, I was like, wow, three years to sit there and know that, no, I know this is going to be, I know that this is the woman for me. And he said, yeah, when they told me, you know, do you want to go to the States, he, this is it. He goes, I didn't know how big America was. I just knew America was closer to her than I was in Uganda. He said, and that's why I said yes. That's it. He didn't even know that it was her house. He didn't know it was Georgia. He didn't know anything. All he knew was, I'm out of Uganda, and I'm one step closer to her because I'm in America. I mean, that's all that he knew. He's like, yes, I'll go. I'm out of here. I'm going. Then he ends up in her house, all right, with her parents, and they start the whole relation. The whole relationship with her parents and Timothy was done before she even gets back, and everything is happy and done. That's the amazing thing to me is that God looks at this and goes... Oh, I can work this out. That's fine. I mean, in our flesh, we'd have tried to, if we in our flesh tried to work all this out, he'd have been in Seattle. You know, she'd have gone back to Uganda. I mean, there's just so many parts that we would have messed up. But God, in this perfect way, a man prays for three years diligently, and God sits there and goes, That's a man that has a heart that is seeking after me. I'm going to absolutely blow his socks off because I'm going to put him in the house where she lives. Is that amazing? That's, that's the prayer. That's an earnest prayer, crying out to the Lord, diligently, knowing that, you know what? God has placed this in my heart, and it's going to happen. That is awesome. That is what God wants to do in our heart. Now, listen, if you're single, doesn't mean you're going to pray for three years, you're going to get married. It okay? doesn't answer that. What it means is that, but God still has a plan for your life. And we all know Jeremiah 29, 11, but Jeremiah 29.13 13 says, But if you seek me with all of your heart, then you will find me. Well, Timothy is seeking him with all of his heart. He's crying out to him. He's laying everything down, knowing that, hey, look, the next step is, I'm going to America, I'm gone, because I'm one step closer to the heart that I'm tracing after right now. God, please just provide for me, and he does it. That's an amazing story. Again, what is the story in your life? Because as we read on to the next verse, it says, Now the Lord came, verse 10 says, Now the Lord came and stood and called as, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, Speak for your servant hears. So, so, so far we have ministering to the Lord. We have the word of the Lord. And so now we're going to move into the next part. We're in verse 10. So it says there, it says, the Lord came and stood. The Lord came. The Lord was actually there. Okay. So it's not just a voice. Okay. So if you slow down and read the scripture there, it's not just a voice saying this last time. Hey, Samuel, it's not that. It says the Lord stood and spoke. I'm under the impression that it's, it's Jesus sitting there speaking to him and saying, Samuel, Samuel, wake up. Man, I've got something for you here. I have a word from God the Father for you specifically right now. That Jesus and God, they were so excited because they see of a heart of a young man, a young man, so anybody that's in here, young Joshua, Jonathan, Hannah, anybody that's in here that's young, in-betweeners. So you're getting old now in the back. So in-betweeners there. Um Sorry. <laughs> Your third round, okay? Um, So (laughs) you're before me. It's all good. So, so he sits there and they look at. He's so excited to see the heart of this young boy that God says, "I want my top person on this one. I want Jesus to go down there and I want you, I want you to pour into. I want you to talk to this kid right now, and I want you to him to know exactly what it is and how excited we are to see him just serving and doing whatever it is that he needs to do to serve God. The next thing too is that the Lord repeats His name, and to me, I think it's it's a point of like affection. It's Samuel, Samuel, you know, kind of like when you wake up your child in the night, Jonathan, Jonathan, wake up, wake up, buddy. It's it's that. It's it's Samuel, Samuel. The same thing that you hear like when Moses, Moses, Abraham, Abraham, Saul, Saul. You know, Saul, Saul, why are you kicking against the goats? Saul, Saul, it wasn't a point where he was like, Saul, Saul, it's it's Saul, Saul. Why, why are you kicking against the goats? Stop it, you know? It's it's a softer way of, of approaching somebody to where it's like, look, Samuel, Samuel. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited to be here and be able to just talk to you about how you've been ministering to the Lord and how you just, you just... You're just on fire for God and just your willingness to do whatever he's called you to do. And Samuel, I, I've, got a, I've got a huge job for you. And I can't trust this to just anybody. I've got a job that is just beyond anything else. I think it goes on to say that it's going to tickle the ears of those that hear. I think it's the word that he used there, but you guys can read on later when you get home tonight. That all Israel, it's going to change everything that Israel sees by the conversation you and I are having at, with you at this small age, Samuel, Samuel, I've got a plan for your life. And Samuel looks at him and says, sits up and says, "Speak, for your servant hears." And Samuel, just a servant, he's a slave, he's a bond servant. You guys know what a bond servant is, right? He was a willing slave. They would take his, which I don't know why he would do that, but it's like why this, but they would take that somehow and whack it on the doorpost, and he would be pierced, be his forever. So he's a bondservant. Paul was a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Hopefully you guys are bondservants of Christ. That you're sitting there, I'm willingly, God, to give my life to you to whatever it is that you called me to do. That's what it means. I mean, that's what that's at what the point of, of, of a step over as far as in your relationship with God, there's a point where you're saved. There's a point where you're like, oh, goodness, I am so glad to get rid of this stuff off of me. And, and Lord, just take some of these problems in my life. But at some point, God's going to look at you and say, look, that's nice. I'll do all that stuff for you. But, but I need your life. I need you. I need all of you. And I don't, need, I don't need you still toe-dipping in the world. I need you to be all in. Get it. Give me you and allow me to do wonderful things for your life. You may not have Timothy's testimony. You won't have Samuel's testimony. But you're going to have your testimony. And your testimony is as great as Timothy's testimony. And your testimony is going to be as great as Samuel's testimony. That's how great your life and how important your life is. Don't put these people above you. Saul was just a man. Samuel is just a man. Moses, just a man. David, a man. Who are you in the kingdom of God? What has God called upon you in your life to go do something? Again, pray about it. Don't sit there and be like Eli and allow just the, the light to flicker out in your life and then you disappear with nothing. You started off good and then you just faded at the end. For what? Man, live life. This is your shot. This is the life that the Lord has given us. We should be out there living it better than anybody else. Because I know that I can do everything here that I want, and then as yet still at the top, I get to go to heaven. I get the best of both. I get it all here, and then I get it all there. And that's the verse for us today. So Samuel in humbleness, he speaks to the Lord in humbleness, continuing the promise of his mother, of his mother before his conception. His mother had promised to give him over to, to the Lord as soon as he was born. And Samuel, now at a point, he can sit there and go, Lord, I'm too tired, I gotta go back to sleep. Lord, you're that's scary, I've never seen you before. I gotta go back to sleep. He could be screaming, Eli I don't want this. But the promise that was made before is now being fulfilled. I did not speak about mice, for the record. (laughs) Nothing to do with mice. Hannah promised Samuel for the Lord, and here he is now. He has the opportunity to fulfill that prophecy. Or not the prophecy, but the commitment that his mom had done. This is the verse for us today. Why? Because... Do we not want the Lord to speak to us? Do you want the Lord to speak to you? Now, you're in church. You're supposed to say yes, right? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I want the Lord to speak to me. Come on, man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm in church. I want the Lord to speak to me. But maybe some of us don't. Maybe some of us right now are scared. Uh, Kevin, you understand it. See, if, if I do ask the Lord to speak to me, um, he may ask me to do something. He, he may actually, you know, take me up on the whole speak to me thing. And that's scary. You know, I'm I no Peter. I don't really want to walk on water. I'm not like that kind of a person. But, but but what if God asked me to do something? Well, go do it. I mean, who, who would you rather do anything with than with the Lord? I mean, just think about that. If, if the Lord take Peter... He asked him to step out and he walked on the water, okay? And then at that moment when he started to sink, Jesus just didn't walk away from him and go, no faith. He didn't walk away from him. He, he, immediately he grabbed him out and he pulled him up. Who better to go do anything with than the Lord? It doesn't mean that you're going to be in a, in a hut in Uganda, okay? It doesn't mean that you're going to be in some you know, hideout in the middle of Iran, I don't know what the Lord's got for you. Maybe the Lord just wants you to minister to your neighbors. and Maybe that's scarier than going to Iran. You're like, I'd rather go to Iran than talk to my neighbors personally, okay? Because ain't nobody know me in Iran, and, and that's fine. What has God called you to do? So maybe that's the first part. You're scared about that. Maybe some of us already have a plan. And I don't really want the Lord to talk to me because he's going to change my plan. Maybe I've got my, old, my plan set up, okay? I got my wife, I got my 3 kids. I've got a job. I'm good. I'm ready just to coast into retirement. I've done it. I'm a good guy. I do everything right. I don't want the Lord to kind of put a little twist into anything that I've got planned for my life, you know? So I got the 401k, I've got a retirement set up. I got the house going to be over there. I'm going to retire down by, I'm I'm good, you know. I've got everything. Praise Jesus, you know? But maybe God wants to put a little curve in that. I know a guy who had a business and um and he was just to the point where he was like, I, I'm, in, I'm in disobedience right now. And he just called his brother up and said, Dude, I, I'm out. You, you take the business. I'm I can't. I'm being disobedient to God by owning my own business, okay? By giving to the Lord from that. He knew it wasn't what he was supposed to be doing. He just said, That's it, man. It's yours. I'm, I'm out. So we got to figure it out when I get home, but, but we're done. Because he was all in. So maybe you guys have got plans. <coughs> maybe as some of us, you know, not in a rude way or that way, but maybe some of us this morning, um, we just don't know what that is. I don't, I don't even know what I don't even know what you're talking about speaking to God. I don't even know what that would be. What, what, what would God say to me? What would God want from me, anyways? What, what could He possibly do? But well, the starting starts now, though. I mean, if you're like afraid and you don't know what he would say to you, don't know what he would talk to you about, well, that, that happens now. That happens by getting into your word. That happens by joining a, a, a fellowship. That happens by being in a Bible study. That happens by diligently praying and asking and talking to God and allowing him then to speak through others, speak through the word, or actually just speak to you. Now, I can honestly say I've never heard the audible voice of God. Okay? I'm not one of those people. I haven't heard that. I don't know too many people who have, but I think it would be really cool. I'm not against it, but I haven't heard it. But I know God has spoken to me through the word so many times. I know so many times people have said something to me and it was just a point where just the world stops at that moment. You know, it's not like a little touch by an angel where the light comes on in their head, but, but there's a point where you know it is the Lord. And what they're saying to you is exactly from the kingdom of God. And it's pointed right at your heart and you're like, wow, and they don't even know it. It's not like they're saying, thus saith the Lord. Rossi, go to the DR. They didn't say that. It wasn't like that at all. should have been this year, next year. But it was just in a normal conversation and all of a sudden they just hit you exactly where you're at and you're like, wow. You just want to hug them. You're like, thank you so much. Maybe some of us in this room right now are Maybe you don't have a relationship with God at all. Maybe that's the problem. I'm not saying that you're like Eli's sons, but maybe you're not saved. I know we know almost everybody in here. We know each other, but Eli knew his sons too, and they weren't walking with the Lord. I'm not comparing you to Eli's sons, but there's a point in our life where we need to sit there and make a, a, a real decision on what is it that we're doing here? What am I doing in my life? Maybe you're you're here every week and maybe you are walking with the Lord. But you're like, Kevin, I'm I'm off that track, man. I've I've been backslidden for a while. You know, I, I'm here and I even go to the men's study and or I go to the women's study and um or maybe I'm in and out of here at times and that's why because I'm still struggling with different things in my life and Well today's the day to make that right. Today is the day if you're being struggling with that right now, then this is the Lord talking to you. This is what it would be. And all you would do is just come up to me afterwards and say, Kevin, that, that was me that you were talking about. And we're just going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to talk about it. And We're going to say, hey, you know, you're going to repent and ask for forgiveness of your sins. You're going to sit there and we're going to pray and ask you for you to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And that's the first step. Because see, the Lord can't communicate. Did you, did you hear part of that too in there that the, the Lord won't receive them because they won't hear Back when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, John chapter John chapter fourteen, it says, "And I will pray that the Father and He will give you the hel- another Helper, and that He may abide with you forever, and the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive." See, so if you're part of the world, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive His counsel because you're separated from God. And so today, I'm just asking you if you if that's you. I'm not asking. I'm I'm, I'm pleading. I'm begging please don't leave here today. Even if it's embarrassing, I've done embarrassing things in my life, trust me, this is not one of those embarrassing things. Everybody in here would be thrilled. Nobody's going to look at you differently, even if you've been somebody that's been here for a long time. We just love you. But the love that I have for you is nothing compared to what Christ loves you and what God loves you because God gave it all. He gave his son for you. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning and I thank you for the patience of the church this morning. I'm just jumping all over the place. But God, I pray that more importantly that you spoke this morning to us. God, that your, your word went into our hearts and that, that Lord, that we were touched and just challenged by the things that you were calling even Samuel to do. God, we want to be servants. I pray that we do. If we don't, then I pray that you change the hearts of those that don't want to be a servant. I pray for some of us in this room that don't want to hear from you because they're afraid that you're going to say. God, you you don't desire to hurt any of us in this room. You desire for great things for us. You desire great things for yourself. For those of us maybe a little selfish, maybe we've got our own plan in life. God, it's good to be shaken up. It's good to have things changed in our life because again, to serve you is no greater calling. Maybe some of us in the room, again, like I had said, is maybe we don't have a relationship with you all. Maybe we're black, backslidden. God, today I pray, today is the day of salvation. I would love nothing more than that today. Father, again, we just thank you so much for the Word. Thank you for your Bible and the Word of God and just being able to study it, being able to listen to it, being able to just, to just read and get into it and know your true heart. Again, we thank you. We love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941 926 3717. That's 941 926 3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.